Hello all and welcome back to Showgals, the show where Ollie and I watch terrible, terrible reality television and report back to you. Hey everyone, how have you been? It's been a little while. It's been a little while because you abandoned me for many, many moons. I went to my homeland, New Zealand, for three weeks, which was excellent, to be honest. Like, the best thing I've done for my mental health in a while. (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it looked amazing. The photos are spectacular. Though, weirdly, I had another friend who was in New Zealand at the same time as you, but she was clearly a couple of days behind you, so there was this, like, illusion that she was chasing you. (laughs) (laughs) And she finally caught me and then took my soul, and this is her speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Summer. (laughs) Person, not the season. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Summer. Hello, Fall. That is me. Wow. That went eight well real we, quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're out of sorts. We, <laughs> we haven't had a chance to like level out our comedy for a little yeah. bit. Bear with us. Well, of course, you went home, so we wanted to watch a show that reflected your homeland and really like gave us a bit of Kiwi pride. Yeah, so we initially were planning on watching Celebrity Treasure Island, which was New Zealand's version of Survivor circa 2001. And the thing that I, I had forgotten about ripoffs of Survivor is that ripoffs of Survivor are very, very boring. And, and they don't have the Survivor production budget. No. And also, yeah. it was Celebrity Treasure Island, but the thing was that because they were Kiwi celebrities from 2001, I had no idea who any of them were, so it was not significantly less compelling. I had moments where I was like, that was a person who existed oh yeah i remember them so there was one guy who had a bit part in the matrix yes uh anthony ray parker i i remember his bit though it was uh he was one of the human dudes in the first matrix who like uh, like as in not born in the matrix and he flew the ship or some shit you have to understand that Lord of the Rings wasn't a thing yet, and so we really would grasp onto oh, anything. Actually, that we that's such a good could. point. Yeah. So when you when you talk about celebrities in New Zealand before two thousand three, <laughs> you've got a really really small pool to grab from. I love it. It's like how in Hollywood you've got like the the silent era, and then like the post sound era. You've got. Yeah. Before before and after. The rings. Yeah, like I'm uh, gonna be an obnoxious Australian this episode, just like, so you're aware. It's like when you've got like B C and A D. Yeah. It's like <laughs> B L O T R A L O T R Very different times. I actually got the afternoon off school when the Lord of the Rings premiere came to Wellington. Um, because it was like the biggest thing that's ever happened and so there was no one in any classes in my school. We all just went to watch the parade of celebrities. Because it was like this is literally the only time people this famous have ever been in Wellington. (laughs) (laughs) So um yeah, that was pretty exciting. Oh, that is that's all kinds of adorable. We did actually have um in a in a throwback to our previous episode changing rooms we had a couple of people from New Zealand's changing rooms on there um there was a handy Andy whose name must have been Andy because that was what he was called and um one of the designers no it's like that thing from community when you work for Subway and you become human Subway I Mm. think if you become a handy Andy you are Andy yeah forever I'm John Subway (laughs) (laughs) to be honest we talked over most of it because we haven't seen each other for a while yeah and it was very boring. It was very boring. And had really weird musical choices. Like, someone would just be like, 
I'm pretty hungry and this is kind of shit. It's not very fun. And um, then they would have weird Twilight Zone sort of music in the background. Yeah, it was way too dramatic for what was happening. And they had a confessions cam signal on the top of it, like, you know, just in bad font, confessions cam written on it. They'd have this very dramatic music playing while dude from The Matrix is just like, I'm just my kids. Boring here. (laughs) (laughs) We, um, yeah, so we got to the end of one episode, and that was the only episode that you can find online, because this was 2001, and, um, it was on the NZ On Screen uh, New Zealand Film Archive sort of website, and we looked at each other, and I said, well, we should probably watch something else, because I don't think either of us have more than five minutes of bits about that. So then I noticed down the bottom, and I'm gonna have to officially issue an apology right now. Uh, to my sister, Regan. Should we be saying names? Would you like me to, like, like blare out the name with, <laughs> blah, like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback to 1998, 20 years ago. Um, Fuck, it was too. Yeah. That makes me feel so old. Bardo wasn't a thing yet, but in New Zealand, ads were cycling around the television that people were going to manufacture a pop group a la the Spice Girls in New Zealand and they wanted girls to audition. So it was the first of the pop stars series to come around. Mm -hmm. Um, So not a lot of people actually know that that show started in New Zealand. Yeah. And it doesn't get reported on. Everyone thinks it started with Bardo, but it didn't. It started in New Zealand with the band True Bliss. And the reason that I have to apologize to my sister is that my sister is actually in the first episode because she got into the top 20 in New Zealand for True Bliss. Whilst she doesn't like to discuss it, I tell everyone that I possibly run into that my sister was <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand reality I am so royalty. proud of your sister. Yeah. Like, I've never met her or spoken to her or had any kind of interaction with She's her. She's done but better than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> is the most amazing thing I have ever heard. The closest I have is that uh, Turkish Idol was a thing for a while, and a friend of mine in high school applied because there's a substantial uh, Turkish population in Melbourne, and so they had some auditions in Melbourne, and she got into the top 20 of those auditions but got knocked off because her Turkish wasn't good enough. But it was the most exciting time of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really sorry, sis, but I will try and talk about you as little as possible and we'll focus on the other aspects of the show, but I also may reach out to her for comments and I will update you guys if I hear anything bad. I, however, will challenge you to figure out which one she is and I will, like, give you clues every so often. And if you can take a screen grab... Of my sister and send it to us, then we will gift you a shout out on our next episode, which yes. isn't worth much, but it's all we have because we don't have any funding. I, I'll draw you something. <laughs> we'll, we'll, fu- we'll figure out a yeah. price, depending on how far away you are, because fuck shipping. Or if you're in Melbourne, we'll buy you a drink at a bar. Yeah. You, can, you can hang out with us and talk about reality television. Yay. Yay. <laughs> what a prize. <laughs> um, I'm so excited for no one to enter this competition. <laughs> will probably be the only one that answers. She's one of our ten listeners. <laughs> and with that, let's segue into this week's cocktail. Yes, so much like the manufacturer of a girl group, we have a tiny tin of little bits to put together to make a, a sugary nice thing. Yes, so I work for a company that wholesales homewares and stationary goods across Australia and New Zealand, and every now and then we get samples, and when those samples fail 
to be picked up by our buyers, we get free shit. Um, <laughs> which is what happened here. And I got a free rosé gummy bear cocktail kit. So I think that's cheeky considering... It's a non-alcoholic kit, and then you combine it with you have alcohol. To pay for you the have alcohol. to buy the rosé. You supply the alcohol. I feel like if you have to buy the main ingredient separately, then that's kind of shitty. The first step in the uh, in the method for making the cocktail is procure a bottle of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in true showgirl style, I failed to read the instructions correctly, and. It's really dumb on my part because it is called a rosé all day cocktail and I was like, that's weird, there's no rosé in it. There actually is and I was supposed to buy some. So we've just got normal Prosecco instead of rosé Prosecco. But the gist of the cocktail is elderflower syrup, Prosecco, rosé if you're doing it properly, but hey, Mm -hmm. we're not. We never have rebels. Um, (laughs) A wedge of lemon and two rosé gummy bears which are provided in the kit. I'm real excited to eat these rosé gummy bears just saying. I I, I like me some gummy bears and my standards are high so. Taste test. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) It's not very good. It's just like, I've got so many questions. Is a it lot the of Prosecco flavors. that we've purchased? Is it bad too lemon? much elderflower? Is it, yeah, oh, maybe maybe the lemon's gone bad. I I don't know. Maybe the gummy bear is so terrible that it's like, yeah. There's something nasty about it is the only way I can put it. It's just, okay, it's not nasty. It's just like, I was assuming it was going to be super sweet. Mm. And it's not sweet. It's like, there's a bitterness to it. Somewhat, it's like a tea. It's like a bad iced tea. It's like that shitty part of green tea where you like initially you're like, mmm, health, and then you're just like, ah, death taste in my mouth. Yeah, my official <laughs> stance is not brewed properly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's kind of like the music industry in the 90s, I guess. You know, it's sweet on the outside and then there's a lot of bitter disappointment in the middle. You know, a, a lot of pomp and circumstance, but little substance. Yes. And with yeah. that... Let's get into the show. <laughs> Pop stars. Throwback to 1998. Dawson's Creek was a thing. Eyebrows were thin and the bottom of pants Very were thin. wide. Lip liner was the only thing you needed on your lips. Maybe just a bit of gloss. A very sticky gloss that your hair got stuck in. If it looked like if a mosquito were to land on your eyelid and could not get away due to the amount of eyeshadow you had on, all the better. Red Earth Cosmetics were very popular. Yes. And Astralis. Yes. Did still you have Astralis? Yeah. We did have Astralis. And I do still like Astralis. Yeah. They're, they're pretty good. I, if I remember correctly, uh, one of the few bottles that actually say, like, does not practice on animals or you know, does not test on animals, rather. If they don't say that, then they're probably doing it. Most cosmetic companies are. Yeah. As, as I mentioned, they put out this ad and... Girls from all over New Zealand applied to be in this band. The two judges, so to speak, were... Well, no, there was three kind of... There was one guy who was in it at the start, then wasn't in the audition process, comes back in later, who has something to do with a record company, like Polyvore Records. Yeah, yeah, a couple of record guys and peter, one guy who, yeah <laughs> peter he, ellich who uh if you're from new zealand you know the song bliss drink yourself on bliss forget about the last one is that why the band's another. called true bliss oh 
You know what? I hadn't even. I that had never occurred to me, but quite possibly. Wow, because like I was thinking he was kind of a piece of shit. Like he yeah. tried just to make fun with the whole like we don't want five bimbos and me being like the puppet master. And I'm like, no, you named your girl group because it's his girl group. Yeah, basically. After his most popular song, Bliss. Well, his only popular song, really, if we're being but honest. Even more egregious. Fucking, that's insane. I had no idea. Wow. Okay. So he, yeah, his group were popular in the 70s and it was like sort of pub rock kind of um, really drunk guys would sing it at 2am and it was kind of good because there's not a lot of legible words in the actual song. It's mostly <laughs> which is great for singing when you're drunk because you don't actually have to enunciate anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the kind of um, level of musician that we are dealing with and I think I'm going to wildly speculate that he was probably just coked out for a lot of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's and, um, a lot of silk shirts. Oh, so much silk shirt. And a lot of just gross men in positions of power and women who don't have the power and this awful kind of power play that is shown throughout. It wasn't interesting because it's somewhat the first of its kind in the first episode they finish off all the audition processes like i have no idea what this show is going to be after that because so many of these talent shows the bulk of the the meal is audition process and making fun of people so you have your first episode making fun of people then you have your second episode of thinning down the herd and then you probably have at least because they they uh auditioned in three different towns yeah it would have been auckland wellington and christchurch yeah see like they didn't really even distinguish who came from where or have a top five from each of those places like it was kind of interesting that before the formula sets in what people do yeah it's definitely you can tell that there hadn't been a lot of shows like this before because where there were parts where you could really build on a character set up, you know, pre-interviews and this is really the best time for you to set up your sob stories and stuff as well, which they always do in Idol. You meet someone who's like, my dad died in a car accident and now I'm doing it for him and yeah. um, stuff like that. There's not really a lot of that, which is interesting. So it's really just, it, it is an experiment in a way of reality television because they hadn't got the formula down yet. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's actually kind of interesting to contrast that with uh, the Treasure Island show, which was clearly doing whatever it could to make something Survivor-like. Yeah. And were like, were misunderstanding what made the formula good, as so many of those, show, those rip-off Survivor shows do. Yeah. Where it's, oh, it's clearly the challenges that are people into, not the fact that people are jerks. <laughs> like, yeah, no, Survivor really is the only one of its kind that has figured out the formula perfectly and there's a reason that it has been on for so long because it does what it does fucking excellently. So well. like I, I could quite happily, if someone put on Survivor now, I could watch it and then look up eight hours later and it would be pitch black outside and I wouldn't have noticed because I love Survivor <laughs> and I could watch it very easily. But yeah, it's, it's good television. It's so weird how like it's so easy to have the exact same concept and have that just be bad vacation videos. Yeah. Uh, and that was a lot, of the, a lot of the similar sort of thing with like that Eden show that we watched last oh, year God. as well. <laughs> that was bad. That was that was very bad. This was just boring. But yeah, and yeah, with the pop stars starting the formula and then have it improved on. But when I say improved on, it's just like, I mean, more 
commercialized, like more sort of humiliating people because like, look how shit they sing and they think they're good. How embarrassing for them, which is a huge component for the talent show. It's the only reason I watched the first episode of American Idol. Yeah. And the, that's the only episode I watch because I'm horrible and I really enjoy Shade and Freud. <laughs> and also the fact that like, if those people are actually very embarrassing, they probably will get their own show of some They'll get, they'll, they'll William get William Hung had his time. He did. That Not trial with Jay Reinhold. <laughs> Witnessing reality TV is such a bizarre thing. And like, because both of these shows are very early internet where like, you know, no one would fucking tweet about pop stars no. or Grammar or anything like that. Because Twitter didn't exist. That is true. But you know, like no one was going to the internet to talk about these things. No. I don't know, do, do as many people still apply for these shows when they know they, they could be the next William Hung? Probably a lot more people who wouldn't apply these days did apply back then because you, you know, you oh, didn't it's just a bit really, of fun. Yeah, it's just a bit of fun. And also, there was that whole the idea of the pop star, especially in 1998, was such a huge thing. And. <laughs> Jess has just eaten one of the gummy bears <laughs> and the look of disappointment on her face is so it was the gummy bears that is really poisoning the drink or I'm still processing sorry there's a knock on the door it's probably Jack mm-hmm. pause podcast it's tough <laughs> it's not sweet enough it's kind of medicinal mm. ah. a gummy bear you'd get from a doctor's office now I'm left here, alone, thinking about what I've done to be here. <laughs> Ooh, butter base. Yay! Jack just brought cookies. This is awesome. Resume podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? I, I do genuinely wish I had been recording that, because that would have... Yeah, that, that, that was a time. That was a time in my life that I what just was experienced. The main, what was the main focus of the flip like was it the flavor was it the texture it was okay because it's been sitting in the booth for a while it's slimy on the outside but quite tough on the inside (laughs) almost like peter ellich it's gonna be really bad if my sister's like he's a very good man why are you so mean stop (laughs) it (laughs) look i'm just saying we all make choices and he chose to wear a silk shirt yeah in the open that wasn't ironed properly it still had the creases from when it had been folded up in the shop there are two kinds of men that wear silk shirts in the world there's sex pest and pickup artists and there's magicians (laughs) so you know you pick which category he went into i'm gonna eat the other two (laughs) okay so i've experienced jess eating the gummy bear (laughs) so we have a lovely photo of me wincing in agony over that you can can find it on our instagram and our facebook we will post it uh don't you worry (laughs) i haven't done mine yet but jess is more than welcome to take a photo if i get to the bottom of this cocktail before we finish recording which is questionable because i don't like it (laughs) see this is the kind of alcoholic i am where i'm like just just it's alcohol just just push it through and then you can have something tasty (laughs) there is no more prosecco now you Please. Oh, fuck go, yes. Go forth and pour. Um, <clears throat> that so. tasted like compost. <laughs> <laughs> so, as, as we were saying, um, it is interesting because what usually would have been put in, it would have been dragged out at least four episodes in a, 
more recent show was compounded into your first episode. So you had um, the first round of auditions and then you also had the second round of auditions right before they announced the group in the first episode. And then the, the, the hazing period of like 20 girls uh, dancing and going to voice lessons all in the first episode. Like that's most of your season. Like, yeah. Do, do you remember what, what else the show did? Cause um, the rest of it was more sort of the girls were then living together in an apartment and it was the um the process of them recording an album coming up with images and recording a music video and uh figuring out their relationships and then there was one episode that was really funny where they had very obviously staged that they'd run out of money but it was like well you're on tv and it's like obviously fine and also the guy on tv is the guy who runs the record label so yeah he's gonna fund it and it's very ashley parker angel isn't it like very ashley parker angel yeah it's weird how seven years later um still not much had changed <laughs> in terms of the the faked drama where you're just like well, but we like, know that you're on a reality tv show getting money so obviously everything's fine yeah um, but yeah, no, it was interesting and I was every now and then pointing out to Jess, that's my sister, that's my sister, when the camera would pan across. And eventually I got it. If you see a brown singlet top, perhaps it is my sister. <laughs> sorry, sister, I'm, I'm very sorry. Yes. If I'm ever on television, you're more than welcome to publish a podcast about it 20 years <laughs> later. <laughs> I feel like that's enough time. Did she, did she tell people about it? Or no, it I do. <laughs> like, this is my sister. She was on Popstars, and she's just like, shut up. <laughs> it's, it's like my thing where I'm just like, there are two vaguely interesting things about me. My sister was on reality TV for 20 seconds, and I grew up in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> One of these things is That's more for... interesting than the other. Can you tell me which thing? <laughs> That's for another podcast, though. <clears throat> Worldwide Church of God started as a doomsday cult was a weird Christian sect by the time I got there. (laughs) Fascinating. My cult experience wasn't bad. It was like more if you're an adult, it was probably worse. But for me, they were just like, watch a Lion King video and don't celebrate Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe you wouldn't be so good on the show then. Yeah, it wasn't really traumatic. It's just like a vaguely fun story to tell at parties. Back to the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of interesting how much they were talking about things like Spice Girls in Bewitched. Uh, Bewitched came to a shopping mall in Wellington and were signing autographs. Paul, what's his face? Peter Ellich. Oh yeah, Peter, that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I was paying all the attention. Uh, So Peter went to that event and he just had a camera with him and recorded the girls from like meters away like never actually spoke to them and they looked very tired yeah and confused it is exhausting talking to prepubescent girls all day i would yeah. imagine not something i'd want to do oh i'm terrified God. of children <laughs> <laughs> not dogs though show me your dogs i love them i will pat them. yeah please send us pictures of your dogs if yeah. you have a dog just like add us on the next time you post it on Instagram, it'll take you 10 seconds and make us very happy. Ooh. And we might shout out your dog. Yes. Cool. That would be a great segment if anyone listened. <laughs> <laughs> Send us your dog watching reality TV. Yes. 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 Please do. So yeah, it was very much watching like the beta testing phase of reality TV in terms of um, we're manufacturing a group or a pop star. 
It was when reality TV was kind of figuring out what it, how it was different from documentary. I think the real world was a thing at the time, so that's probably and that was probably the only r- real major reality TV show that was out there. Big Brother Australia was 2001. Yeah, yeah, so this was like, yeah, when you're thinking about it, this is very early in the days of reality television. Super we're probably, we're watching like an ancient relic in terms of <laughs> uh, medium that we're into. So, And I think even when you watch um, the Australian version with Bardot, you can see that they've already they've realized out like yeah things. the uh the audition process has to be four or five episodes and it's less creepy if you have a female yeah Jack- jackie o's presence is very soothing very in the australian in one comparison yeah, yeah it really is when it's just two dudes in a room watching videos of like 18 year old girls mm. singing it's it's much more palatable if you have jackie o there going like yes she is interesting isn't she and there were those moments where like there'd be a girl on camera saying I've told the judges I'll get breast implants if that's what it takes, and it's sad. There's some uncomfortable stuff. Really? Yeah. There's also some excellent fashion, a lot of, like, red Bono sunglasses. I don't know how you could wear them and not feel ill. There was one girl who had vaguely feminist notions in her talking, and they were immediately just like, well, let's (laughs) give her a talking head because it's funny, because feminism's dumb. Obviously not our thoughts, but um, she was just like, I don't really believe in putting labels on, and like these are the things that I have issues with. And and it was funny because it was supposed to be seen as like a, oh, this girl's obviously not making it in the band. Oh, she's really dull. She's dragging us down. But it was like, oh, no, she's kind of saying some relevant things. Yeah. She's like, pop star doesn't mean anything. It's like, yeah, it's true. It really doesn't. <laughs> particularly not in this manufactured kind of yeah. way. Like, the thing is, Spice Girls were a surprise to pretty much everybody because there have always been that cookie cutter, like, assemble a group quickly and we'll get going. And it's so rarely, in terms of female artists, works out. Okay. Ollie's about to need a gummy bear. I'm going to have a gummy bear, Jess, <clears throat> get a photo. I will, I will, hang on. I'll, or a video. I'll video want. it, I'll video it. Oh, yeah? Yep. <laughs> oh, it's almost crunchy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's not good. It's not the worst thing I've had in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. This is not the best. <laughs> Very chewy. Yeah. I would liken it to when you accidentally get like cartilage or something. <laughs> <laughs> in a chicken nugget as yep. a child. Um, yeah, it's not good. Um, zero out of ten. Would not eat again, but I am going to eat the other one. <laughs> right. Or I wash it down with some bad cocktail. Yeah. And you can watch the video that just took place if you go to our Instagram account <laughs> at Showgirls Podcast. At first, we were sort of like joking, like, "Oh, maybe we can get the people who make these cocktail kits on board, and they can sponsor us." But um, I don't think they'll want to be associated with us after this episode. Please don't send anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we will drink it because we're functioning alcoholics, and we will basically do anything. But you know. Also, to be fair, having tasted the prosecco without the uh, elderflower it's clearly just not the kind of prosecco for it that does not excuse the compost heap <laughs> yeah i'm gonna eat the second bear after we record because you don't need to be put through that again <laughs> it's okay well yeah um it was 
It was weird because they, they don't really have the same setup as current shows where you've got your people who are set up in certain roles, like a villain or the person that you're set up to root for, person with a heart of gold, person who's crazy. You don't really have that kind of set stereotype system up yet in this mm. sort of show. You have, there's a larger girl, Joe Cotton, who they make comments about, which is like, it's always great seeing men comment about how women would... Or how society would find like women's bodies acceptable or not or oh it doesn't matter what size she is it doesn't matter that she can't dance she just needs more confidence and yeah, it's like... really nice hearing straight white men talk about that yeah um <laughs> tell me more about my confidence issues yes please tell me more about how i could be acceptable in society as a woman with a figure yeah well we watched uh, a couple of the, the music videos that true bliss released later and there was one song in particular where everyone was dressed like Lilu in the fifth element which is problematic to begin with but clearly that sort of very tight and they were like latexy kind of looking outfits that were just pretty much covering boobs and crutch and nothing much else mm. and that sort of aesthetic does not do the best for larger girls or at the very least like it makes them look more naked than a thinner girl, if that yeah. makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, showing off a little bit of skin in a short skirt or, like, you know, a, like a tight top when you're bigger, it'll either make it look like it's ill-fitting or it will become more sexual just because, like, the, the curvier you are, statistically speaking, people are going to read that as a more sexual look. Yeah. Even if you're wearing the exact same thing as a thinner girl. Yeah. Uh, which is bullshit and really just shows the way society commodifies bodies, particularly women's bodies. But the way that they addressed that issue was to put her in some sort of like weird latex gown with like bits of it cut out and there was still like a lot of cleavage happening. Yeah. But everyone else... she's still got tits. Yeah. And, okay, latex outfits... Can be for everybody. Yeah, they absolutely. Can, they I've can seen, literally be anything. I've seen bigger girls absolutely fucking killing it in, like, latex swimsuits. Yeah. And looking sexy as fuck. Like, it is It is absolutely doable. It just apparently was beyond the production team on this video to achieve that. Yeah, and it just shows that they might talk the talk about, oh, yeah, we want an interesting group. We want, like, girls with big personalities because, like, she was very entertaining to watch. Her, like... She was a, she was actually... I remember, like, watching the show when it came out and she was one of my favourite yeah. people in the band because she was the most real and relatable out of all of yeah, them. Yeah, she's and, gorgeous. She would challenge them on things. Yeah. She would, like... And this is also just within the first episode. You can tell that she is actually questioning, well, what is the premise of the thing that we are doing here? I'm on board, but I kind of just want to know which is very good. It's to the point where her personality is so big that she doesn't fit within the confines of such a traditional girl group. Yeah. Because the, the genius thing about the Spice Girls is the marketing for each girl individually. Like, you recognise that, oh, I wanna, I, I'm Baby Spice because, you know, I'm cute and demure. Or, like, you know, I'm Ginger Spice because I'm a bit more curvy and I have red hair and stuff like Ginger that. Ginger was always my favourite. Even though I wasn't a redhead, I just loved her. She was my favourite well. Also, her Obviously. solo career, that song, Look At Me, was fucking, like, amazing Shirley Bassey realness. Mm. Like, fucking... But that was the thing. They were all very different people, and that was what was interesting about them. Like, they... The Spice Girls would have never had uniform, same but different 
bikinis on. And, like, also putting them in such, like, skimpy outfits for a band that is... Yeah, the Spice Girls were sexual, mm. but they were also kid-friendly. Yeah, like, they were. Like, they knew that they're, the people watching them were largely ten years old. So it would always be like, yeah, I'm showing skin, but I'm also, like, wearing tights with my leotard. They were, like, my first band that I really got into when I was eight or nine, and I remember I had my, like, one of my first birthday parties I had was a Spice Girls party where people dressed up. Yeah. And I told everyone that I was going as Spotty Spice, and someone else still came as Spotty Spice. And Ugh, I was rude. very annoyed, even though, you know, there was more than five people there, and there was only five characters to choose from, but it's beyond the point. Yep. It was not fair, because I was the birthday girl, and I had dibs. And, like, granted, there was a lot more, like, crop-top sort of stuff in those days. I don't think that's the Spice Girls' fault, necessarily, but there were a lot of crop-top things for quite young people that is uncomfortable now. Actually, recently on, um, I think it was the last or the second-to-last episode of Drag Race All-Stars, where um, Emma Bunton was on it, mm. and she was talking about how many times she actually literally broke her ankle in those platform shoes <laughs> that she made famous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they did did seem dangerous, but it's nice to hear you validate that you literally broke your ankle in them. Yeah. I was never allowed to have them, and I was also not allowed to dye two streaks of my hair towards the front of my part blonde, much to my pain at the time and appreciation of my mother's good sense now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like when my mum said you can't have a lip piercing. Hated her at the time, but thanks, mum. Could you imagine what we would look like now if we could do all the Jesus. We'd have like a barbed wire tattoo over our upper arm, lip piercings, belly piercings, always wear crop tops, and just have all kinds of streaks. Like, it would have been bad. It would have been very bad. You know, sometimes mum is right. Listen to your mum, kids, until you're at least 18. I actually can tie the platform shoes back to Trubless, though, because Mm -hmm. Trubless was the first concert that I ever went to, and I remember um, picking out my outfit for it, and I got a pair of bootleg pants, Mm -hmm. you know, the the elasticated ones that were black, and they flared out at the bottom. I got some um, off-brand platform shoes, a la Baby Spice, and then I got a polyester black shirt with a feathered trim around the neck. <laughs> Very bold choice for a... God, it was it was 99 by the time they played. So for a 10-year-old, it was very bold. This is amazing. Yeah, so I went to their concert with my mom and it was my first concert and um, it probably really shaped me. <laughs> I love that your first concert was the New Zealand pop stars and my first concert was the Australian pop stars. So this was always meant to be. I know, right? We were written in the stars. Uh, little, yes. little did they know at the time that they would launch the careers of two such wonderful podcasters and uh, Showgirls podcast, which I think if they knew now, they would be very proud <laughs> that this is what their careers ultimately came to. Two women, nearly 30, drinking in the day and talking about this show is 20 years later. <laughs> Poor little me. <laughs> so optimistic. It was, a, it was fun watching the show, though, and it was... I think it was good, considering that we watch a lot of these shows and reality, we've made reality television our niche, it is nice to go back to, say, the origins of one of the main types of oh, uh, reality I, yeah. shows around. Also, uh, like even when we were watching Treasure Island, I was thinking about uh, probably the closest thing we've got at the moment is um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which is so produced, over the top, 
and ridiculous. And there's things like X Factor or Idol or all these other kinds of shows. It's really nice seeing the roots of it back in the day. Like when people are just baffled at how did we get here. It's just like, no, no, there's a there's a continuation. Like you can watch the natural progression. You know, the from variety show to pseudo documentary to reality TV. Like it's all on a continuum and it's kind of interesting the way it's developed. This is probably similar to when we watched the Osbournes for our Christmas special that first yes, year. Yes, that was that Because was good. that's, again, like, the Osbournes were probably one of the first family or celebrity vanity pieces that ever really uh, was recorded, and it really launched a lot of the kind of reality TV that we see today. Mm, really quite fascinating. We're anthropologists. This is amazing. <laughs> Basically, we should be a lot more respected than we are. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the man getting us down, telling us to wear crop tops and whatnot. It's the patriarchy's fault that we're not more popular. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably about it for True Bliss, unless I can get... If I get a comment from my sister, I will update you and we will add it into the end of Oh, I 100% want to set up a Skype interview with her and have a chat, because I think that would be very, very interesting. I will broach the subject with her, but she's probably... Regan, I'm sure you're not thrilled that we're talking about this show at all, but please, this is all I have. My my (laughs) other clue is... Okay, so if you watch that video of Ollie being disgusted by the gummy bear, notice the jawline. It's very prominent jawline. It's gorgeous. But yes, that Us is... That Hoskins is, are known for our jaws. Exactly. Strong jaw. It's genetic, so you can probably find her based on that. Strong jaw, big personality. Yes. That's the Hoskin family way. I'm bummed that she didn't get a line in the whole thing, though. It's true. But she got to sing. She did get to sing, and... Um, they even panned across her dancing and she didn't miss a beat, so you weren't the Brian of the Backstreet Boys. It was a cute show. Yeah, I really I enjoyed would watch it. More of it. I would be curious also to see what those pop stars are up to these days. Uh one of them, Carrie, um, does Christmas in the Park every year. Okay. As a singer. Um Is that like Karis by Candlelight? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, she just does that. It's televised on free to air television. I and... love all the variations on that exact same premise, but they have to like legally distinguish it from other yeah. like Carols in the Domain, Carols in the Thing. Um Erica Tokaks, who was one of them, she went on to um she actually hosted a few like countdown type shows on mm-hmm. New Zealand television in the early two thousands. I'm not sure what she's up to these days. Carly Binding was a singer-songwriter in her own right. She actually went on to have a fairly successful solo career um, for a while during the 2000s. Jo was like a personality. Um, she actually got married and it was a New Idea magazine and a guy that I used to know that used to come into my work all the time was one of the groomsmen and I teased him relentlessly for being on the cover of New Idea. In the wedding party. So um, <laughs> that, is, that is a fair thing to tease someone yeah. about. That's amazing. Yeah, um, it was great. Probably sums it up for True Bliss. And mm-hmm. um, my sister didn't get into True Bliss, but she's a very awesome person and she probably is doing better for not having been in True Bliss. I'll believe it when I talk to her. <laughs> I'm challenging you. Uh, get out here. <laughs> talk to me about your almost pop star career. On that note, if yes. there are any um, shows that you remember from your childhood or any reality shows where you'd really want us to cover them, please let us know. Give us an email at uh, showgirlspodcast at gmail.com. If you were a contestant in any kind of reality, reality TV sh- show capacity. Yeah. Yeah, and even if you're just in it for a fleeting moment, we want to know more. Please come and add us on Instagram at Showgirls Podcast. 
can also find us that way on Twitter and what's the other one? Tumblr. The other thing is if you have the time, please, please, please rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or whichever podcasting app you choose to use. It does make a big difference for us because that is the only way you actually get a rating or make it on the charts at all. Also, check out our other show, Gin Gals uh, at Gin Gals Podcast. We've got two episodes out now and we are a lot more professional on that one. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. It's gone very well so far and we're looking forward to seeing where that takes us in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll still keep doing this show, obviously, as well. But um, if you could check us support on both shows, that would be amazing. We would really appreciate that. And with that, um, bye, Mum. Bye, Mum. And my sister who was on reality TV. I wish my sister was on reality TV. It could still happen. I know. I just... There's a new Bachelor coming out. <sighs> it's just like, until she's on reality TV, she's just a lesser sister. It's true. Yeah. My sister is the ultimate right now. Sarah, pick up your game. <laughs> <laughs> because there is famously in the, um, in the video for Backstreet's Back, and you can't find it anymore, but in the original cut of the video... Brian actually stops dancing for a portion and there's actually a shot where the camera pans across and he is sitting on the floor just looking at everyone else dancing. It's amazing. That's amazing. And the last time I looked up the video, I went to show people the moment where it happens and they cut it out. (gasps) But it does exist. I am not crazy. It definitely happened. I like my plastic boy band to feel human. I want to see that. Yeah, exactly. It was totally human.